Welcome to the St. Barnabas Anglican Church Podcast. We share sermons, teachings, and messages from St. Barnabas Anglican Church in Fort Worth, Texas. I'm Father Andrew, the senior pastor at the church, and I'm glad you're listening today. You're always invited to worship in person on Sunday mornings at 8 and 10 a.m. and on Wednesday nights at 6.30 p.m. You can also visit us online at stbarnabas.us. That's S-T-B-A-R-N-A-B-A-S dot U-S. And now, enjoy the podcast. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please have a seat. Todd Skinner was one of the most well-respected rock climbers of his generation. But his greatest challenge was tackling Trango Tower. It was the highest freestanding spire with a near vertical drop. It was also located in the most hostile region on earth, in the mountains of Pakistan. So when Todd went to find sponsors to help him with his expedition, experts told the sponsors the wall was too big, the place was too remote, and it was simply not meant to be climbed. But Todd moved forward anyways. He found the right team, the right equipment, the right logistics needed, the jeeps, the clothing, and all the things that would be needed for their ascent. And the biggest challenge, though, he says, came after years of preparation and a 10-day trek to get to that rock face when they stood before it, and he said, as they looked up, at the largest, tallest, smoothest, steepest rock face that they had ever seen. He describes this moment this way. He said, we turned a corner, and there it was. The reality hit us like a shockwave. We dropped in the middle of our tracks, realizing that no amount of bluff or bravado could hide the fact that we were absolutely terrified. The team members had come for this challenge, of course, but now it seemed all too daunting for them. And as they uh, got closer, he reflects and says that um, the only way forward was quite literally, to get on the wall. He said that um, it's true, the final danger in the preparation process for any expedition is the tendency to postpone until every detail, every question has been answered. Forgetting, he says, that the mountain is the only place where all the answers can distinctively be found. No matter how well prepared you are, he writes, uh, how honed your climbing skills, how vast your expertise, You cannot climb the mountain if you don't get on it. So he and his teammates got on the wall and spent 60 days trying to climb to the peak of that rock face with uh, free standing or free handing it with no real extra equipment. And they finally got to the top only after they had gotten on the wall. I share that because as we enter in this second week of Lent, these 40 days that lead us up 
to the annual reminder of Jesus' sacrifice for us upon the cross and his victory over sin and death on Easter morning. We're called in this season to take steps to draw near to Jesus and to further grow in his likeness and in his character. And perhaps the hardest thing we have to do is get on the wall or maybe stay on the wall and persevering in those things that God has placed on our hearts. Whatever practice that may be, to grow in our prayer life that may seem hard to scale or creating out more time to be in God's presence in the midst of all the other obligations. Uh, we're called to get on the wall, and even if we have to take time and we don't succeed right off the bat, we're called to persist in it. Or if we're trying to overcome um, some habit or hang-up in our lives, uh, despite the temptations and despite the wrestling that may happen, it only comes by getting on the wall and persisting in it, in our own walk with the Lord. All the prep we can make mentally, all the plans to resolve, all the changes that we place in our lives often are met day in and day out, and the practices that we take on or leave behind, and the choices we make uh, to overcome or to succumb to temptation in our life that enables us to cooperate with God's grace to bring forth what he purposes for us as we do so. Namely, to look more as he is through Jesus Christ our Lord. So as we turn to scripture this morning for timeless wisdom and reminders towards that end, it's fitting that uh, on this week in particular, we read the call of Abram in Genesis 12. So if you've got your Bibles, open up uh, to Genesis 12 with me. If you don't, follow along on the screens um, as I think we discover a few lessons that um, may assist us toward that end as we grow in the likeness of Jesus. You'll notice um, that the call of the Lord to Abram as we get our bearings here in Scripture on where we are and what's going on really is a turning point. Remember, the wheels have come off in Genesis 1 to 11, uh, where everything God created, perfect and perfect harmony with him, um, had gone awry. First, through the choice to depart from God and the desire to be like he is, rather than being subject to him. And then everything goes off from there. Uh, sin enters the world and so does death. Uh, we see it quite literally between the enmity of the two brothers that follow, Cain and Abel. Uh, we fast forward a bit. Uh, sin reigns and rules and hearts. God presses reset in the flood and his mercy so that we don't continue in that. But even in the reset, uh, it shows up right again uh, among Noah and his sons. Um, and it resurfaces and rears its ugly head. And even right before Genesis 12 and Genesis 11, we see that that uh, an age-old temptation to be as God is, uh, is, is really kind of captured in that, in that story of the Tower of Babel um, in wanting to reach up to the heavens to be uh, just as God is. And so after all of that, after all of that background, we hit this turning point in Genesis 12 as God calls Abram and begins to purpose to bring about a new humanity through him. So we see, without any few repetitions here, that God uh, tells Abraham to go, to go to a new country and a new land. And as he does so, he will be a blessing to others, and he himself will be blessed in his obedience to God. It's repeated with repetition, that theme of blessing in those opening three verses. Um, and then there's a word of caution to any uh, who would stand against Abram 
who has the strong defense of the outstretched arm of God uh, in that effort. Again, God purposes in calling Abram to bring about a new humanity, to be established uh, through Abram and making his name great, not by the acts of his hands, but by the conforming of his will to God's will. The key failure in the Tower of Babel just a chapter ago, rather than trying to seek one's own glory rather than God's own, in which sometimes, at times, that uh, helps us along in our own efforts too. Yet in order to discover this blessing and to be a blessing, um, God asks Abraham to trust him wholeheartedly, as you know. Over and against all the natural means of trust that Abram has, whether he leans into his family or his country, um, not to mention the impossible task of bringing forth a nation from his barren wife, who we discover right at the end of chapter 11, um, can't indeed bear children. So the promised outcome in Abram's obedience and complete trust in God um, is stacked against him. He's going to a land yet to be revealed, making a nation of him that seems impossible through any natural means, and stepping out from all the securities that he has in order to do so. It's clear in the call of Abram that there's absolutely nothing Abram can do in his own strength or might to make this come about. And I think therein perhaps is a first lesson to reflect upon for us as well in our journey with Jesus uh, in these 40 days, namely one of growing in our trust of God a complete reliance, as we see in the illustration of Abram's life. In fact, there's only one thing and one thing only we can do uh, in that process to which we'll return in just a moment. But the call is not from our wisdom or our might, our willpower, our organizational skills. It only comes as we place our wholehearted trust in God, even at times when it seems impossible. Looking to the author and perfecter of our faith, namely Jesus himself, to bring about those things he purposes to do in us, producing greater character in his likeness, or helping us draw near to him in those disciplines which, which may assist us towards that end. So whatever our mountain may be, whether it's tackling uh, anger, or whether it's um, trying to find forgiveness that we have a hard time extending to someone, whether it's lust that we're trying to overcome, materialism that we battle beyond our doors every time we walk out or even click on the TV, whatever lie that we've bought into that we need to find identity or purpose or wholeness can only be found when we place our trust in Jesus. Or if in this season we're trying to grow in a greater service of God uh, in a new ministry or in a new aspect of our walk with him that seems as crazy as it did to Abram to hear that he's going to have descendants from a wife who cannot bear them, we're called to trust God as well. After all, as we heard in Romans 4 uh, this morning, um, it's that trust, that trust, not anything that Abram did, that was credited to him or counted unto him as righteousness. It wasn't anything that Abram brought about and his own strength, or cunning, or wisdom, but it was rather God's plans as he trusted in God, and the same is true of us today. I mentioned there's only one thing we can do, and we discover it actually back 
in verse 4. So Abram, after hearing this call of God, the promise of God, and even the impossibilities of it, does what? He goes. In fact, uh, it seems to lend from Scripture that he goes with expediency, with quickness. He leaves everything at that ripe young age of 75 and plods off to a land he doesn't know. Great reminder to us when we think we're either too young or too old, right? There's these great figures therein that remind us uh, through Scripture that it's never too early nor too late to place our trust in God. So Abram gathers all that he has. He leaves Haran, and he travels to the land that the Lord directs him in Canaan. And it was quite a journey. Biblical maps show us it's kind of right there in the middle uh, of the continent there uh, that he travels southward into what we would later know as uh, Israel. And as he walks it out, he walks it in trust with God, and he does so through obedience. God said go, and so he goes. Easy as that. I imagine there's always in Scripture a little bit of uh, reading between the lines there. Um, He goes, but I'm sure he had his fears and his concerns. Um, Perhaps he had his own reservations, but in the end, Abram obeys. And The same is true for us as well. And perhaps um, a second lesson for us this morning, namely um, that growing in the likeness of Jesus comes as we trust, but it also comes through our obedience. Obedience is faith in action, if we wanted to think of it in that way. So to overcome temptation, to overcome um, the hurdles that um, stand in our way, to grow closer to Jesus, comes through obedience as well. As we find accountability, remove proximities to sin, or wine, or shopping, or whatever that may be that we're trying to overcome in our own desires, inordinate as they may be, to draw closer to the Lord. Or if it's trying to draw closer to him uh, through some new discipline we're trying to take on, life in community in small groups, or picking up or saying yes to a ministry that God's placed on your heart, um, or picking up God's word daily. It comes in obedience as we place our faith in action. In a sense, it kind of gets us on the wall. And there the journey begins. Or if we fall off to get back on it, so to speak. Because it's in those moments sometimes that the clarity we need, the breakthrough we seek, comes. Take a look at what I mean towards the end of our reading back in verse 7. Notice that it's only when Abram arrives in the land of Canaan that God speaks again. It's not along the way. It's not um, there that their direction is given. Obviously, there's some revelation on the direction in which God's told him to go, but it's only upon the arrival that God says, and this is the place where you stand is the place that I have given to you and your descendants as an inheritance forever. It's in the journey that God reveals his direction to his people. So Abraham stopped and worshiped there. Even in the midst of a people he didn't know in some of the most fortified cities he'd ever seen, his route is a little bit um, kind of circuitous and and twisting and winding as he's trying to stay off the map from some of these greater peoples that are there. But yet, even amidst them, as we hear in, in AI and all these other places, he stops and he worships God as he has trusted and obeyed, and God reveals the final steps as Abram leads on in cooperation with God's will. I think the same is true for us, and perhaps uh, a final 
lesson for us to reflect on that it's sometimes, not always, but sometimes it's in the, in the trusting and then in the obedience and walking that out that through the journey, we discover what God is wanting to bring forth in us or why he's called us into something or maybe what he purposes to do through us as we obey and walk that out with him. God's never too early. He's never too late. He's always right on time, but his time is not always our time. More often than not, they rarely meet. And so it's as we walk through these moments and trust and seek God's face that we may indeed overcome a temptation and find God's grace at work as we do so and discover the freedom we never thought we could find. Or step out in faith and press on into uh, some journey, even if it's small as trying to read through the Bible this year. Um, Whatever that may be, that in the continuation of it, we find the grace to assist us towards that end. And the nuggets that God has in the midst of doing so. Or stepping out in a new ministry that we feel ill-equipped to engage. And yet discover that therein he meets us and he works in and through us as we obey his call. And sometimes comes in the journey as we get in the wall as we stay on the wall, as we put faith in action through obedience, that we follow God's leading, die to self, and grow further into the character of Jesus. So as we move deeper into this season of Lent and draw ever closer to the cross as we do so, whatever our focus may be, whatever uh, you feel that the Lord is calling you to, to overcome or to scale, whatever that mountain might look like in your life, we're called, as we're reminded this morning, to trust God to obey him and stepping forward in those things and to discover what he has for us in the journey as we do so. As we do so, we discover God's grace at work as we cooperate with it. Often the blessings that come as we do and the healing of our heart and our mind and our soul as we step forward in those journeys with him towards that end. That journey for us quite literally leads us to the cross on Good Friday and subsequently on Easter morning. And it's not an easy journey, but it's one that brings about the wholeness and the completion that we look for um, in so many things, but can only be found in growing in the likeness of Jesus, who himself trusted in God every step along the way that led him in obedience for our sake to the cross, where he, down to his dying breath, which he held every moment in his complete control, even the forfeiting of it, opens to us the way of life eternal. So as we walk in his steps, we do so together. We do so in perseverance. We spur one another on, and we discover along the way what it produces in us and extends beyond us to reach the lives of others and the lives that we touch daily. So may the Holy Spirit continue to convict to convince and to conform our will to his in this season as we embrace the fullness of his grace in this time and at the other side of that season by God's grace might look a bit more like Jesus. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to the St. Barnabas Anglican Church podcast. May the Lord bless you and keep you this week, and we'll see you next time. This episode of the St. Barnabas Anglican Church podcast is copyright 2020 
St. Barnabas Anglican Church in Fort Worth, Texas, all rights reserved. <laughs>